the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So we uh, continue our, our sort of series on questions that Jesus asked, answered, and uh, avoided. We had answered last week. We'll have an avoided uh, next week. This week is a question Jesus asked, even if it might be sort of a cheap question because it happens within a parable. And it isn't Jesus himself, but the, but the landowner asking it. But it still qualifies, or I'm making it qualify. There we go. Um, Jesus asked it. Um, actually, there's, there's quite a few of them, right? Like, why do you stay at your idol all day? Um, you know, did I do you any wrong? Do you begrudge my generosity? Um, that's really the one uh, we're going to get to. Um, in the end. It's important to sort of set the scene before this parable because we skipped a few chapters uh, from last week to this week because we cover those in Mark's gospel um, in year B. So this is year A. Um, so next year we'll have, we'll have some of those in B. And so we don't like repeat these stories, but sometimes that makes it very difficult um, as we're going through, because we, we missed a bit. What we missed was that, that encounter with the rich young ruler who comes up to Jesus and says, good teacher, uh, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know what to do, right? You, you, know, the, you know what the laws are, right? Honor your father, your mother. Um, don't steal, don't covet, don't murder, um, right? Those are things, all those I've done since from my youth. And Jesus says, well, good for you. Gold star. Now, take everything you have, sell it to the poor, come follow me. And the guy says, oh, okay. And he went away sad because he had lots of stuff. Right? And so Jesus says, well, it's harder for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And everybody around went, wait, what? If rich people can't be saved, then who can be saved? Because look around aren't rich people how we know that God likes them best? Right? God likes them best because they've got money. And if God didn't like them best, they'd be poor like me. And, and so Jesus tells them this next parable. It says, well, the kingdom of God is like a landowner who goes out and in search of people uh, working in his vineyard. He says, you, you, come, you come to me, right? He has the pickup truck. He pulls up to Home Depot. And he says, you, 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 come with me. And we're going to go work, and I'll give you a denarius, which is interpreted in this translation as the usual daily wage. Um, so a denarius was the usual daily wage. We talked about denarius last week, the guy who owed... Um, 10,000 talents to the king and the other person only owed 100 denarius which is still a decent bit of money it's about 100, you know, about 3 months worth of wages But so denarius is what you need basically to feed your family for the day and so you come and work for me for denarius and then he went out again at, at 9 o'clock and he said you, you guys come along too, and I'll pay you whatever's right. And they did the same at noon, did the same at three, and then by five o'clock he still went out and, and gathered uh, more and said, 
Why are you still here? Uh, it's translated as why do you stand idle all day, which, which then has led to sort of misinterpretation as if these, these people were lazy and they did something else all morning, like they were playing PlayStation for the first you know, part of the day and then they showed up or they were you know, on, a, you know, on a vendor or something like that and then showing up, where in reality they're just there. Where they're there and they've been waiting and they've been waiting all day, hoping somebody's going to hire them and nobody has it. It's five o'clock and they're still waiting and hoping. And the answer is no one's hired us. Right? This is like being picked last for kickball. Right? I mean, it's sort of that same type of thing. Right? This is, this is you're just there. Nobody's chosen. You come along with me too, right? I'll give you what it's right. And so then at the end of the day, um, he gets his manager, which is, which is sort of the first interesting thing in this parable because generally speaking, if a landowner has a manager, guess who's going out and doing the hiring? It's the manager, not the landowner. But the landowner is going out to do the hiring, which sort of also says something about who God is, Jesus is saying in this parable. And he has the manager line them up from, from last to first. And, and he gets, they, the people that are there first get a denarius, and last get a denarius, who just worked one hour. And those who worked um, all through the day, at various times, all get a denarius. And the people that, are in, that were there from the beginning of the day who worked 12 hours were thinking to themselves, we're going to get more. And the answer is, they didn't. And this is so unfair, right? We're sitting here, we've got to call our labor union representative right now um, and complain that I worked in the vineyard and um, didn't get paid as much as this person who worked less than. And we have a we have a so unfair. Just we're just welling up for this is unfair. Um, and then the landowner speaks and says, "I'm doing it wrong. We started this out at the beginning of the day for a denarius." You said you'd work for denarius? Here's your denarius. Because I chose to give somebody else who worked less a denarius. You're begrudging me? You're envious of me? Actually, the, the literal term is, is your eye evil? That is, do you have no compassion? I mean, because the reality is, this is, this is sort of like the, the for, for most of the people, in in uh, in this time of Jesus, you've got you've got the really really rich people. They're a very small minority landowner people. You know the ten percent maybe, and then you've got about forty um, percent of the people that are actually oftentimes referred to as slaves or servants. They're actually better off a lot of times because they're attached to these people. And then you have the the other percent of the of the people that are just poor and they're they have they're dependent each and every day on this daily wage in order to feed their family 
And so the landowner says, are you begrudging me to give daily bread? Right, is what we're talking about. Give us this day our daily bread um, to this person. Can they not go home and, and have have pride that they're able to feed their family the same way you can go home and have pride that you were able to provide for your family? Or do you want them to be shamed and to be less than? Or do you just want more because you think you deserve more? For what? And, and one other thing that was, that was interesting as we talked about this at the 8.30 service that I began to reflect on is when you get hired and picked at the beginning of the day, you know, even though it might be hard work, that you're going to be able to provide for your family. What about the people standing there for 11 hours waiting for somebody to choose them with that angst, that agony? It's exactly what was happening in the passage from Exodus. Wouldn't it be better if we just died in Egypt? Remember those leaks? Remember those fish? It was so amazing. Yeah, we got beaten a lot as slaves, and yeah, it was, those bricks were tough, and yeah, there was a lot of death, but those leaks were sure are good. Um, and now God has brought us out here into the wilderness to die. Um, but even then, so God then hears and provides manna from heaven, with clear directions, gather up only what you can have each day and what your family can eat each day, and don't bother saving it because it won't be any good. And I'll provide for you. And on the sixth day, gather twice as much for the Sabbath, and it'll be good. And it says, and they didn't listen to Moses, and some hoarded more. This is after we didn't we we ended this pass we ended the passage on like a high positive note. But if you keep reading, and they didn't listen, and it was full of worms and stank and was rotten the next day because they didn't pay attention. So God's providing for their daily bread. God is providing for each of us, and we have to admit to ourselves a lot of times that, that we don't always embrace this passage fully. Um, we do cry out, that's unfair. And if we don't cry out, that's unfair. In this parable, we cry out, that's unfair. Other places, why should, I've been at this church for 50 years, how come so-and-so and so-and-so just came in here and all of a sudden they get to read? I've been doing X, Y, Z. I gave the money for the pavilion and for the chapel and for this and for that and all the rest of it. And where's mine? I should get more. Um, which is, which is a, a, a very worldly ideal, right? That's all fine and dandy. But when we, when we look at what St. Paul says today in Philippians, you see the truth of all that anyway. You want more? Here's more. Here's some chains. Here's some, here's some suffering. Here's some abuse. Do you want more? Paul says to live is Christ and to die is gain. And to live in Christ doesn't mean Sunday school pages of happiness and joy. To live in Christ means um, 
you live as Christ did. Yes, full of grace and love and forgiveness and all of that, but also with persecution, with pushback and ultimately the cross. We make the mistake oftentimes, as the as all of the disciples did in that parable, or not the parable, in that passage about the rich young ruler, of that just because just because you have money means that God has blessed you. When the very end of this passage ends, the first will be last and the last will be first, which does not mean like a whole bunch of people get in line ahead of you, um, even though you've been at church longer. It means it's all the same. Right? The first is last, the last is first. Everybody, very communist. Jesus the communist. I don't know. It's breaking down our capitalist worldview. Um, but when it comes to God's grace, everybody, everybody, not only is chosen, everybody receives God's love and God's grace and God's forgiveness. Whether they've been in church for 50 years or whether they've been in church for a day. Which is the other thing. Oftentimes we, we make that same mistake for those people who've, who've, who've been, you know, who make those deathbed confessions and we sort of get like, oh, they, you mean they get into heaven just like the person who was baptized as an infant and raised in the church and confirmed and all of this. And it's, you know, you've been in God's, God's love and grace your whole life. That's, that's, this, is the, this is the mistake we make when we think that having stuff is better than being in God's love. Or that heaven is just this thing that happens after we die instead of heaven being this thing that happens now. We get to be in heaven today. There's a whole world of people that don't know heaven yet. Would you begrudge them that just because you've been here longer? Is your eye that evil? They're challenging questions that are that are put right here that turn not just our hearts up, but turn what what God's really doing, what God's really bringing into the world. And it's very hard for us because, for the most part, we don't have to worry about our daily bread. Even the poorest person, lots of times in America, does not really have to worry about their daily bread. They have at least a few, you know, days or weeks worth of stuff. For many of us, we could be just fine without God, so we think. But in reality, God invites us to come, to rely, to trust, to be, to embrace that love, not just God, and not just God's love for ourselves, but to see God's love for each and every person that's around us. That compassion, that hope, that promise that God is choosing them also. God hasn't just chosen you. God hasn't just chosen them. God chooses us all and draws us in. 
live as Christ, to die as gain, that we might live always in God's grace and love. Amen.